Welcome, everybody. You're listening to your favorite show. That's what we like to resume, Indie Portly, where we invite and bore the heck out of very talented musicians from our Indian indie music industry. <laughs> now, today, our suspect is Nikita from Mumbai, who has just shattered clouds. Her voice is like angelic. It's like heaven in your ears when you hear a voice. And for monsters like us, we are your hosts, Ayushman <laughs> and Richa. Say hi, Nikita. Hi, that's quite an introduction. <laughs> I'm both a suspect and a cloud shatter. That's great. That's <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on it. Okay. <laughs> so, it's so good to have you, Nikita. Uh, yes. You know, welcome to this show. And uh, I mean, I know we, we were kind of planning it last week, and this week we've been able to make it through. And we be really excited because it's so good to. Um, I'll personally say that it's so good to see a woman who you know who's talking about about empowerment so much through her songs and. Uh, you know, who has this whole thing about uplifting, uplifting the womanhood and uplifting, uh, you know, that particular society, talking about such things. So I really feel proud of, uh, I mean, this is such a good thing that we have somebody like you uh, in the Indian music scene where, you know, someone like you is also talking about uplifting a woman. So, yeah. Mm, wow. Thank thank you for having me, first of all. And, and thank you for that. You know, I think... Uh, when I started making music, I, I needed that myself, which is why I started making the music I did. So I'm always grateful when I get that response. It, it just, it feels like confirmation for what I'm doing. So thank you. You're most welcome. Nikita, okay. Let's get to the basics. Where are you from? Cool. What's your background? Uh, so both my parents are North Indian. Uh, my dad's Punjabi. My mom's from UP. Since you asked about my history, geography, everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was born and raised in Mumbai, and um, I left for LA in 2015. I was in LA for about five, four and a half, five years, and. Now I'm back in Mumbai and lockdown. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of part of the reason why I've been here so long. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully the, the plan was always to be back and forth between LA and Mumbai, but we'll see what happens. How did the so whole that's where I'm from. music bug bit you? <laughs> oh my God, it bit me so, so early in my life. Um, my nanny was also a singer oh. and she was a poet. She had a, a little book of poetry. She would write poetry in and uh, uh, it just, it, it, it runs through my blood, point one and, and point two. I just, my mom and my brother were always just introducing me to new music. I would sit with my mom and be listening to like 60s Bollywood and Artie Berman Lata Mangeshkar, Ashab Husle, like all, all the all the classics. So that's still where my heart lies. Like I feel like for me, like my my love for Bollywood spans from the 60s to like the early 2000s. And that's like my bracket <laughs> with Bollywood. And my brother as well introducing me to like rock music and hip hop and R&B. And 
So it started really when I was like two, three years old. And I just loved the stage. I loved performing. I uh, found this just freedom and exhilaration through it since I was a kid. Um, I grew up in a part of Mumbai called Lokhanwala and used to have this uh, show that we would put on every year for Maharashtra Day. And uh, it was on May 1st. And so we'd prepare for it for months. And so like dancing, fashion shows, costumes, storylines, everything. And I would take part every year. So I was just, I was obsessed with the performing arts always. And they were just so freeing for me. So my love for singing started very, very, very early. And I always knew I wanted it to be a big part of my life. I just never thought that um, it could actually be my career until I think I was like 14. And <laughs> uh, I was like, I kind of mustered up the courage to think about it. It's like, okay, maybe I could do this. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, you know, uh, in the beginning, it was very much no, you know, normal. Huh? you're not doing that. That's not a, it's not a viable career kind of story, you know, like more worried about like, more worried about my stability uh, and how that could sustain me through life more than anything else. It wasn't like, oh, we don't think that's something respectable to do or it's just a joke or it wasn't like that because like I said, my mom saw her mom also want to pursue that and never get the chance to do it really. So she had, th there was this underlying fear of like, what if she doesn't make it? What if it doesn't work out? What toll will it take on her mental health? How will she make money? Blah, blah, blah all this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I struck a deal with her. <laughs> she was like, do your, do your undergraduate and then you can choose what you want to do. If you still want to do it, you can go ahead and do it. So that's what I did. I did my undergraduate. I did it in psych and English. And then I sat down with my parents. I was like, I'm not happy. You know, I'm not happy trying to pursue a typical career because I had alternate options. Like I'd set up backups for myself. I was like, this is what I could do, you know, if I wasn't doing something in the performing arts. And I just wasn't happy. And I had to sit down and have that conversation with him. And my dad was actually the one he was like, I can see you're not happy. You know, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do, I want to pursue music. I really want to give it a shot. And Initially, there was a lot of resistance when I said that, especially from my mom. But I, again, it wasn't from a place of like, you're not good enough or it's not a good idea. It was more from a space of wanting to protect me. Um, but at the end, it, it kind of made her really emotional because she saw her mom wanting to do that her whole life and not get a chance. And now that I had the chance, I feel like for her, it was like a full circle sort of story. So a lot of resistance, but they finally did come around at the end. And now they're just fully supportive. They're always there for me. They're half the time they're brainstorming with me. Last year, they helped me shoot all my music videos, like, because oh, <laughs> we were all at home and I had to shoot everything at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nikita, where do you get these ideas of your music? Uh, you know, the, the titles and the kind of uh, lyrics, where do you get this from? What inspires you so much? Honestly, I think I just, the all my early influences were so poetic and so profound. Like if you think of music from the 60s and 70s and 80s, the, the lyrics, even all the Hindi music from back then, if you think about like classic rock, like if you think about all the legendary bands, all of that is very poetic, deep stuff 
first of all, and that's just more of the kind of person I am. And I'm very much oriented around my spirituality as well. And I just, when I first started writing my own music, I was very much concerned with, um, I felt like I had imposter syndrome, really. I felt like I was like, what is this brown girl going to do in a R&B pop space? Like, what am I even going to write about? to the table and I had to stop asking myself that question and just like go with my gut and my gut would lead me to just very unique titles I've sat down with myself so many times and like made a list of all the songs I've written I was like who what was I thinking when I wrote these titles (laughs) like they're they're, they're so uh, they're different you know but um they're they're just motivated by authenticity more than anything else they really just come from a space of me going okay um what's true to me uh and not feel so concerned about the question i had in my head when i first started which was oh like how can i fit into this space i had to stop caring about how to fit into that space and just show up as me to then have those kinds of song titles and themes and lyrics come out of me so yeah. after pita ji ko mata ji ko bol diya you're not happy your father said <laughs> he could see you're not happy you decided well you got into the musicians institute in la mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you learned a lot of stuff mm-hmm. so obviously it was it, it is an amazing institute and you learn a lot the whole environment is so productive mm-hmm. but just as yeah. a brown girl coming from india going to la and being in that environment to acha tha productive tha but what what do you think personally what new came out of you you could mix that element you could mix this element and sort of create your own version of music because your sound is pretty uh, unique it's yeah. a very unique signature throughout the, all yeah. your songs to wo cheez paane mein what was the whole experience like going moving from east to the west oh um one of the first things i noticed when i moved was um quite frankly and very uncomfortably my privilege one of the first things i noticed because as much as i was indian there were other other indian kids at am i but i didn't dress like them i didn't talk like them i uh have a you know i i don't speak in the same accent i don't like i remember on orientation day they had a different separate orientation day for international students and uh we played this game where every student gets up and says only their first name and then sits back down and everyone has to guess where they're from and I remember I got up and I was like, Nikita. And they couldn't, they couldn't tell. Nobody, nobody could tell where I was from. And um, it, it was a double-edged sword because on the one hand, uh, to a certain extent, I suddenly became more acceptable to a certain group of people, you know, over there. But at the same time, people started questioning my brownness. You know, my fellow students started questioning my brownness. Like I felt like I was being excluded from a group of my own people and I was also being shown that being looking racially ambiguous had its privileges. And so um, 
I just I went down this it it made me question my identity and ipso facto my sound and what I wanted to write about and what I wanted to be even more and um it just I I started reflecting on on what I wanted to create it's like okay I can I can take this one way and be like make it everything I sound like super Indian to just prove that I'm brown enough <laughs> or I can just be true to myself because I've always been stuck between these two worlds and that experience sort of reflected that back to me it's like you are in between these two worlds you're always going to be in between these two worlds so what you can do is try to marry them in the way that makes sense to you and that's what I did in the beginning I did like try to be uh, you know either like true just to pop r&b and then true just to my roots and neither of that worked and then somewhere down the line i just decide to stop giving an f-bomb and just make what i wanted to make and out came the sound and it was just a constant i think six to eight month long exploration of like what does that sound like what does that sound like what does that sound like because i have so many influences there's pop there's r&b there's rock there's Bollywood, there's Indian classical, because I did study Indian classical as a kid. And I went to so many shows, my mom did that with me as well. And I, I was trained in Paratnatyam, so I had that influence. Like there was so many different parts of me that I was trying to just sort of meld together. And at the same time, I have the entire world telling me, oh no, you're like this, you're <laughs> like this, you're like this. And it, it kind of like, it's like a, it's like carbon under pressure, it turns into a diamond. It's, it's like kind of like that story. It's like everything trying to tell me what to be and I was like nope I'm just gonna ignore all of you and just do me (laughs) (laughs) since I got no option I can either be everything you want me to be and just be unhappy all over again you know considering I'm pursuing this because I wasn't happy with what I was doing earlier or I can just stay true to me and and be happy with that so that's what I chose (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot of courage to do this. I mean, uh, you know, just throwing it off and saying, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do and let the, you know, let the world say what they want to do. It's, it, it isn't yeah. easy, for sure. No, it's not. It's not easy, especially in this industry where people very often, especially, you know, management or labels and ARs, they want you to fit a very specific mold. And especially lately I've noticed that and I remember going to a lot of meetings and and people getting excited and looking at each other and like almost leaving me out of the conversation like she looks racially ambiguous we can use this I was like no 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 I was like this is my worst nightmare like I don't want to be here this is so terrifying and people are being like why are you being so indian like can we chuck that out the window and just like create different music and then once you've established yourself you can do whatever you want i was like no we are not doing that we are really really not doing that and i would always instead of you know go on this entire rampage about my past and my history i would simply turn to them and be like name one iconic artist that you love that did things the way things were always done before them name one like i'll i'll wait i'll sit here and wait because i don't think there is one (laughs) so i'm not doing that that's true that's true so basically you you know if you have to read somewhere you really need to find uh, a different way to be there you just can't do it the the regular way things are being done and uh, be idealized for that 
I, I don't even think it's like finding a different way necessarily. I think it's just finding an authentic way. If the way that already exists is authentic for you, good for you. If it isn't, then find a new way, as long as you're being authentic to you. Because even if you think about it from a from a business related perspective of like an artist being a brand these days, artists are brands now. They're no longer, we're no longer living in the era of like, I went to the store, bought a CD and listened to this artist and I'm a fan now and I don't even know what they look like. We're not in that era anymore. Social media is everything. Branding is everything. How you look, how you talk, what you stand for, it's, it's everything. And imagine someone who's creating something from scratch that's just not them. And imagine how hard that is to maintain on a consistent basis, especially if you're independent. You know, if you've had this giant label machine that's behind you, it's kind of a little bit easier, you know, to, to put up an appearance. But if there isn't, especially if there isn't, it's so hard to, to maintain an image that's not you and continue to do that and sustain that for your whole career. I'd, I'd rather be authentic to myself. Even if, if I have to break it down and be as ruthless as like, that's a great business model. It is a great business model. I'm just going to be me. And that's gonna work. I, I you know. <laughs> um, how does your stage name Nikita the Wild come? What is uh, what made you keep a stage name like that? That it, it was originally kind of just a joke. Uh, to be very honest, it started off as a joke. It was originally the Wild Goddess, and uh, then I changed it because I wanted my name in there. But it, it was a joke because. Uh, people would meet me and either be intimidated by me or think like I'm that girl who's just had like all kinds of crazy experiences in her life and just I would come across very like confident and like just I don't know I would come across that way and it was a joke to me because I was just very like like I just had my priorities straight and I was a confident person. That didn't mean like I had just like gone and done a bunch of wild shit, but that's how people would see me very often. And so it was it was initially a joke, but then it kind of became like this powerful statement because the word wild doesn't actually mean um, what we think it means in today's date. The word wild just means like unrestrained and unconcerned about um, what other people think really that's 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 what wild truly means so now it just feels like a powerful statement but back then when i when i put that in there it was a joke honestly it was a joke between me and my manager at the time and my producer at the time it was a big joke <laughs> but it stuck and people like it and uh my fans often turn it into a joke too they'll you know yeah. they'll still they'll still call me by that name and shout me out by that name all the time Interesting. Well, it's, it is a good name, even if it's not a stage name. <laughs> it is a good name. Um, so yeah. your debut song, Honest, came out in 2018, March, if I'm guessing, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Exodus came in and then Clutch came out, millions of views. And three years mm-hmm. down the line, three, three and a half years down the line, 5th November, you launch your debut album, High Priestess. Mm-hmm. How has the journey been from the first single to the first album? And one more layer to that question. Why did you choose that first song, that song as your debut song and all the songs, all the music that you have created in your album? Uh, Mm. The High Priestess, it has very, like, it has your signature to it. If someone's Mm -hmm. been listening to you, but they are very unique in this. 
जब जस्ट नॉट इवन लिस्निंग टू योर लिरिक्स नॉट लिस्निंग टू योर वॉइस बट जस्ट लिस्निंग टू द फर्स्ट 10 सेकंड्स अ सॉन्ग लाइक ब्लू बियर्ड अ सॉन्ग लाइक क्वीन ऑफ कॉइंस देयर वेरी यूनिक इन द फर्स्ट 10 सेकंड्स यार ये क्या है तो हाउ डिड यू गो अबाउट चूजिंग दोस पर्टिकुलर सॉन्ग्स फॉर दैट फर्स्ट एल्बम एंड ऑनेस्ट कैसे आया 15 मार्क्स का क्वेश्चन है शुरू करें क्वेश्चन ऑनेस्ट वॉज इनिशियली नॉट सपोज टू बी माई सॉन्ग इट वॉज फॉर राइटिंग कैम्प फॉर अनदर आर्टिस्ट क्वाइट क्वाइट अ लार्जर आर्टिस्ट एंड आई वॉज आई वॉज वेरी न्यू ऑन द सीन एंड आई गॉट लकी इनफ टू गेट इन टू सम रियली कूल राइटिंग रूम्स फॉर पीपल दर हैव रिटन विद लाइक um speaking of exodus that i've written with like katy perry and justin bieber and adam lambert and just so i was just in one of those writing rooms and um i had a manager at the time uh who i'm not connected to anymore but he plugged me into that writing room and he and i he was also a writer so he and i were the primary writers for that day for the project and uh we just we we conjured up this idea for this artist based off of the brief we got and it it ended up being honest and on, honestly honestly uh honest was one of the longest writing sessions i've ever been in we wrote for like 13 hours straight like wow. it was it was annoying because everyone else in the room was like um i'm not sure about that hook i'm not i'm not sure about those lyrics i'm not sure about that i'm not sure about that <laughs> 13, 13 hours later they came back to the same the, the original hook that i'd written like in like hour 2 <laughs> i cannot begin to tell you how frustrating that was for me i was like why am i sitting in this 13 hour session and after like 13 hours you're all just like finally like oh yeah we really like that one thing that you wrote 2 hours ago and we went back to it and and created the song from that space But yeah, honest wasn't written about anything personal that I went through. But funnily enough, the day honest came out, I went through the exact situation I had written about, which was kind of spooky. Uh, <laughs> honest was about someone who cheats on their partner, and their partner is like willing to take them back if they're willing to do the work. Oh. And I literally went through that. I had my partner at the time cheat on me. It was. It was. kind of crazy. So my first song comes out and I'm going through this like personal crisis <laughs> in my life and having to deal with that, but honest did superbly well and um it 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 set me up really well. I I felt like that was such a good debut for me as an artist. It landed on editorial playlist when we were in a time where there was no Spotify for artists and you couldn't submit yourself. So it just it it did it on its own without me having to try, which was kind of terrific and and amazing but honest was the product of just a bunch of pop writers coming together and writing a song and so if you look at my music going from honest to then exodus to then majesty to then clutch you can hear that this evolution from like a what honest being is like a purely pop sound to then slowly getting a little bit darker and a little bit more for lack of a better word ethnic with some production elements and even my vocal choices and things slowly 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 changing and building up to the sound that exists in high priestess um which was a sound that i've been trying to sort of hone in on and lock down for a long time now because um what i wanted to create was 
sounded like nothing that I'd ever heard before. So I took a lot of time breaking out of that mold of like what I've heard before and these artists that I look up to, like breaking out of that mold of like what they sound like and getting down to what I sound like and what I want to do um, with my music. And that's kind of why the album, like you said, like the first 10 seconds of each each song in there, it's so unique because I'd finally gotten to this point. And honestly, I had the opportunity because we were in a lockdown to just do things on my own and not be influenced by anyone on the outside, whether that was, and I don't think being influenced by your friends or fellow creators is a bad thing ever. I'm not saying that, but I just had this unique opportunity to where I was creating everything. I had to judge everything. I had to evaluate everything. I didn't have, you know, a bunch of friends to go hang out with because we were in a lockdown to be influenced by outside situations, their lives or me dealing with them or, uh, you know, I've been single for so long, so I didn't have love to draw on either. I wasn't working with any other producers, so I didn't have those like you know purely music producing everything myself writing everything myself and so I just started going with my gut honestly I can't even tell you that there was like a specific approach where I was like I want to use this instrument and then add this on top because then that fusion of like Indian or Middle Eastern instruments and traditional like R&B pop elements will sound good it wasn't even that it was just me going oh I like this with this like there was no um theory or formula (laughs) attached to any of it it was just me and my instincts and you know pretty much at this point two and a half years of experience recording and writing my own music consistently in the studio speaking you know that had to speak for itself at this point and so that's where a lot of high priestess came from is this the reason, uh, I mean, is pandemic the reason why uh, you were able to release this album now uh, while, your, like, while your debut single came in 2018 and your uh, album comes in 2021? So did pandemic mm. help you, uh, like you said, that you, you did not have distractions? Was this one reason that you thought that, okay, now this is the time I put everything into one place? Yeah, kind of and kind of not. Um, there, there's a part of my journey that I don't speak to very often enough um, is the fact that when I started, I not only was working with my co-producer Mukund, who I still work with and we're still very close. And um, that bond is just amazing to me that I have that with a fellow Brown creator. I, I absolutely adore him. But I also had um, someone who was managing my career and um, like any new artist, I trusted this person and this was not exactly the right person for me to trust. Mm -hmm. And I was shoved into a lot of situations and I was approached very early on by a lot of big labels while I was sitting in LA. And I have ended up having to spend more time in meetings than I did putting out music. And it was very frustrating for me. All I wanted to do from the get-go was put together a body of work, make a statement, and just, you know, establish myself as an artist. And in the first year and a half of being on the scene as an independent artist, I didn't get to do that. I was kind of just going back and forth with this person who was supposed to be helping my career, but was really hurting my career a lot. 
like a lot. Um, and so once I sort of, you know, let that go and was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore and was just managerless and like truly just very independent. Like there was nobody, there was just me and my co-producer and distro kid at the time. Like I was just, I was like, I, I have nowhere else to go. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to put things out on my own. And uh, that's what I did towards the end of 2019 when I put out Majesty, which was like the first song where I was just like, there's no manager, there's no team, there's just me. I'm, man I'm doing everything myself, putting together everything myself. Um, there was really not much of a release plan, if I'm going to be very honest with you at the time. So I went from that to then during the pandemic, sort of being in the space of I already knew pre-pandemic that I wanted to spend all of 2020 putting out consistent music because I hadn't gotten the opportunity to be consistent in the past. I was like, I want to consistently drop singles and see how they do. And then eventually I would want to do a larger project. And so I did that. I had so much written out. Clutch was pre-written. I'd already recorded it. It was just a matter of mixing and mastering. Same thing with Goddess, same thing with Universe. Um, so I, I did that all of 2020. And while I was doing that all of 2020, my sound began to change a lot because these were songs that, I, like I said, I'd already written before. So I now had the opportunity and this is where, you know, the pandemic sort of provided me with this perfect opportunity to do this in a way you know, to where I could come back to production, which is something I hadn't touched in a very long time as, as an artist. So I came back to it and I was just fooling around and, and I wrote a lot of music during this time. And initially when I started writing, it was like I was back again in 2015 writing from scratch. A lot of it was like very pop, bedroom pop, like very different from the stuff that uh, is on High Priestess and it just didn't feel authentic. And I just kept doing it and kept doing it, kept doing it until I landed on High Priestess, which was the first one that I wrote for this album. And I was like, aha, like, that's what I want. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so in, yeah, to sum it up, in some ways the pandemic did provide a lot of opportunity for me. And I think again, that speaks to a certain amount of privilege because not every artist out there had that opportunity. The pandemic has just ruined a lot of lives, but yeah. I, I got lucky enough to be able to do that. But in other ways, there's been such a long arc from first single to this debut album because of just the journey of being an independent artist. You stumble and you make bad decisions and that's just part of it. It's really part of it. I, I, I can, you know, speak myself hoarse giving other artists advice but at the end of the day we're all going to make our unique mistakes and get to where we're going to get yeah that's one way to sum it up and that's really the only way to sum it up yeah beautiful <laughs> Nikita, one last question your hindi song tomorrow man with nikhil mm -hmm. how was that experience I uh, that song has such a soft spot in my heart and that was an amazing experience Nikhil is one of the most wonderful humble and talented humans I've ever had the honor of working with I actually didn't even meet him through this whole process because we were in lockdown 
yeah. like full fledged lockdown while this song was being recorded and pitched and everything. So um, I actually pitched the song to Sony and then Nikhil sort of came on board and he fell in love with it. And he just he his voice shines so wonderfully on this. And I loved how we sounded together on it. And it's a special one for me because it was the first song that I ever wrote fully in Hindi. Um, so that was very exciting for me. I'd, I'd been wanting to do that, but I was like, yeah, like it's not happening. It's not coming out of me. You know, I can't force myself to do it. You know, it would sound so bad, <laughs> but it just, it just happened. Um, and it felt really good. And it, it had such a profound message because, uh, before we brought Nikhil on and it turned into a duet, it was actually a love letter that I wrote to myself. So okay. it was more about like self-love. So it was like I was talking to myself in the mirror. It's like, it's just you and me. So that was the idea behind the song. And then it just, it turned into this wonderful, beautiful thing. And I was really also excited because it was my first song with the label. So that was a very interesting and just fun experience. Lovely. Uh, so just to wrap it all up, Nikita, Bhavishya mm-hmm. Ka Plan. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law is from Delhi, so I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> take the bait on that one. <laughs> <laughs> not all Delhi walas are bad, okay? I just told my sister last night what Mumbaikers could think about Delhi right. She's to be aware. They think right. I would partially agree to that. I would <laughs> yeah, it's like, I feel like it's, it's, yeah, it's partially true. It's partially not true. It's, it's all. Um, <laughs> I feel like what's in the future is I'm looking to do a lot of collaborative work next year. So I have a lot of really cool artist friends and I want to um, do more songs with them. I spent a lot of 2021 actually writing for one of my artist friends. His name is Alex Barr. And uh, he's going to be coming out with a couple projects and I've written on a lot of the songs on there. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm also working with another artist friend of mine and we're, you know, kind of like swapping uh, features on both our upcoming projects. So there's a lot of that in store as well. And I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to take relocate back to LA um, and sort of make that my base. I love Mumbai and I love India and a piece of me will always belong here because I grew up here and I have family here and you know I'm at the end of the day I'm still Indian at heart but I love being there and I feel like I, I sort of I fell in love with just being there and being in the community there so I'm definitely looking to go back and yeah so a lot more collaborations and hopefully some live stuff uh, that I'm really excited about. I've already sort of like started to piece together certain arrangements in my head and I'm really excited for them. So let's see how those play out. 
Beautiful. Well, with that, we'll wrap up the show today. Thank you so much, Nikita, for being with us. <laughs> for hamai bakwa sehne ke liye, hum shukr guzar hain aapke. And uh, to all our listeners, please, please, please show all your love to Nikita. She is, beside being an amazing artist, she is just a fabulous human being. And show all oh, your love to her. You. Thank you so much. That's so sweet and kind of you to say. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, it was. We'll talk oh, again. Totally. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Bye. Adios. Adios.